Hello and thank you for joining us for this podcast brought to you by the Climate Bonds Initiative. Today we're talking transition in the energy sector. I'm joined by Doriana Forleo and Aurelien Balani from the Energy Storage Coalition as well as Climate Bonds' own Anna Diaz. If you've not heard of Energy Storage Coalition, they're an amalgamation of different areas of focus with organisations that focus on solar power, storage, wind and breakthrough energy. So, in my opinion, we do well to find better people to chat to about the challenges in the sector, but also the investment opportunities if we can support policymakers in adopting energy policies that support a credible transition. Okay, hello and thank you all for, for joining. Let's say a quick hello to my guests. Uh, joining me, first of all, we have two guests from the Energy Storage Coalition. So I'm joined by Head of Communications, Doriana Forleo. Thank you very much for joining me. How are you? I'm very good. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. And also joining me from ESC, we have Aurelien Balani. Thanks so much for joining. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you for having us. And of course, uh, returning from a previous conversation we had recently, we've got Climate Bonds' own Anna Diaz. Thank you very much. How are you? Thank you, Barney. Very well, thank you. How about yourself? I'm, I'm very good, thank you. We've got a rare sunny day in the UK, which is just improves everybody's moods. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to go. Thank you very much, all of you, for being with me. I'm, um, I'm going to start with the guys at ESC, if that's okay. I mean... Just, I guess, for the listeners who are a little less familiar, uh, if you could just give us a bit of an overview, who are you guys and uh, what is it you do? Yes, of course. So the Energy Storage Coalition is actually um, uh, an organization that is uh, pretty new in Brussels. Uh, we are active since uh, the beginning of 2023, and uh, we are actually a partnership um, of four uh, uh, entities. Breakthrough Energy is the European Association for Storage of Energy, Solar Power Europe and uh, Wind Europe. And our main focus is actually accelerate decarbonization by supporting the deployment of renewables and uh, um, storage. How we do that? very, very quickly by raising awareness about the benefits uh, of uh, um, energy storage uh, co-located with renewables, uh, identifying the barriers that are still affecting uh, the deployment of those technologies, and obviously working with the European institution advocating for a better financial, legal and uh, political framework. Okay, fantastic. Well, I, I'm sure I'm I'm grossly oversimplifying the job you do here, but the I guess the big link connecting us in today's conversation is the desire to accelerate the decarbonisation of the European energy sector. So, with that in mind, from your perspective, what does the current landscape look like? If you had to summarise the size of the task, um, currently in Europe we are facing a double challenge. Um, first, we have to reach our climate ambitions and basically becoming a climate neutral continent by 2050. We also have uh, the difficult task to become, I mean, to ensure energy security also, uh, something that has been stressed, unfortunately, by the Russian invasion uh, um, in Ukraine. And the solution to both challenges is um, fortunately the same in both cases. Um, we need to move away from fossil fuels and replace it with renewables, uh, renewable energy solutions. Um, as for the landscape, um, in 2021, um, renewable uh, energy sources represented 22% of the EU um, gross energy consumption, 
And the milestone for 2030, it's 40% of renewables, 45% uh, also even suggested by the European Commission. So that's where you need actually energy storage for when there is not enough renewable energy uh, production at a given time. I had a, a colleague recently who said something along the line. Um, when there is no sun, you might have wind, and even when there is no wind, you can count on energy storage. And that's, that's basically uh, uh, what we are doing and why you need it. Um, concretely, to reach the Fit for 55 and the Rio the repower EU uh, objectives, we need to double the current uh, energy storage capacity by 2030 to reach the forecasted uh, demand of uh, 200 gigawatts. So, quite a big potential and a big uh, ambition as well. Big ambition, yeah, and, and but potentially a, a really big kind of victory there, big big windfall. I mean, uh, very broadly then, what are... What are the main challenges of energy transitions and, and how can we overcome them, do you think? So regarding the obstacles I mentioned already in energy security, we need to have a shift and a rapid shift in the way we produce uh, energy. There is also the question of the energy mix and the grid uh, flexibility requirements. Um, also something that is not necessarily the focus of our organization, but you need also to secure some resources for the uh, green and digital uh, transition. And of course, you need to make sure that uh, the legislative framework is uh, fit for uh, these changes. And if you want, I can give a few uh, a few examples of what we have in mind for a better framework for energy storage. Um, there is a, a simple fix to a common issue uh, for energy storage is first to stop a double charging for energy storage, as it's being considered sometimes as both a producer and and a consumer of, uh, of uh, energy, and it, it is uh, taxed um, twice. And unfortunately, it puts it to an, uh, not a level playing field with uh, fossil fuels. Um, we have also the need to encourage flexibility schemes uh, for non-fossil solutions, obviously. Uh, we need a clear so definition of 24-7 renewable um, PPA, power purchase agreement, and also to uh, lower the carbon cap uh, for uh, capacity remuneration, remuneration uh, mechanism in Europe. Again, the idea is to make less room for fossil fuels in order to um, make more incentives uh, for the deployment of uh, energy storage and as a consequence of uh, renewable energies. Thank you, Barney. So the main channels of energy transition, I will have more a global view which can be very well applied to the European visions. So according to the IEA, in its net zero scenario, meaning net zero emission by 2050, there are two main channels of the energy transition, which are electrification, meaning electrify the energy system, and also decarbonization. Electrification will mean that the demand of electricity will multiply by two between 2020 and 2050, reaching 50,000 terawatt hour in 2050. For the carbonization, the share of renewable in the electricity mix in 2020 was 29%, global scale, and need to reach 70% in 2050 for the net zero scenario of the IEA. These two big challenges do not come alone. Decarbonizing the electricity 
makes mean managing the intermittency of wind and solar generation and they will require great flexibility mostly provide by demand response a better and more robust interconnection grid but also energy storage capacity that can be covered by a range of technologies from thermal storage gravity and chemical solution also important to be considered is the rate of deployment for renewables but also for a storage solution let me provide you with some numbers very quick the wind and solar capacity style in 2020 was roughly 2000 gigawatt and we are expecting in 2050 to have 22000 gigawatt This is roughly multiplied by 12 the capacity we have today. Let me give you one one number. In 2020, we have new capacity installed reaching 230 gigawatt. This will translate into 90 years the energy transition that we are meant to have meant to happen. So, but we need that to happen in 30 years. So these are the numbers that will be put the focus also in the rate of deployment for renewable but also for storage capacity thank you both there and uh, i mean like this is something i always ask uh, guests whenever they they sit down with me but i'm always interested in the answer in your opinion how do you how do you think we can combine ambitious but also credible transition so that it's encouraging that ambition that we have already talked about but doesn't overstretch doesn't make pledges that uh, can't be delivered upon you know how broadly speaking how do you think that can be achieved uh, i will be a bit uh, provocative in the reply and maybe dodge it in a way but uh, um, basically we need to go all in um, because too often we oppose um, environmental ambitions with realism but uh, we are talking about realistic realistic goals but are not uh, optional if you want to secure our energy supply in Europe. I mean, we have seen it with the Russian invasion of Ukraine and, and its consequences, uh, and also to limit the detrimental impacts on the planet we live in. So how we get there, I already uh, told you, basically we need to move away from fossil fuels. It's not even a question anymore. And we do that not by having one foot in and one foot out, And actually, we can see several uh, TSOs in Europe already that are um, preparing for 100% renewable energy grid uh, scenarios. And this is the way forward. We need also um, a favorable legislative framework to get us there. But basically, um, stop financing fossil fuels when it's not needed. We need to make some room for energy storage. And by making some room for energy storage, we make room also for the deployment of uh, renewable energies provocative is always absolutely fine with me uh, just just for future reference just um kind of building on that then a little bit when i look at the role of kind of clean energy technologies but also kind of products and solutions what 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 is their role when it comes to things like and i'm looking forward looking now so i'm thinking job creation uh so actually i looked up some numbers uh for this question and uh According to IRENAS or the International Agency for Renewable Energies, um, they indicate that the employment in renewable energy amounted uh, in 2021 for more than um, 12 million jobs worldwide, uh, mostly two-thirds in Asia and nonetheless about 10% uh, in Europe. And in an ambitious energy transition scenario, they estimate that we could reach um, double that number, more than that actually, 30 million jobs globally in 2030. 
Um, so the million dollar question, so to say, it's, um, we see huge potential, but uh, how can we be able, uh, how will we be able to reap the benefits and secure both the assets and the jobs in Europe? And for that, we need a favorable framework and we need also some uh, financial incentives so that the production and critical uh, know-how does not end up uh, somewhere else. And we believe that the revision of electricity market design and the net zero industry act is a step in the right direction right now. I, uh, I hope uh, this question makes sense. I hope you're sort of um, aware where I'm getting at here. But to what extent does energy security need energy storage? This is a very interesting point, and thank you for asking. Energy security needs energy storage has been a little bit uh, the motto of the coalition, kind of the foundation of our work. So uh, we have discussed how energy storage can indeed help uh, the energy transition, the integration of more renewables, but make no mistake, this is not a nice to have. This is a must have. Um, energy storage is actually fundamental for the transition that we are uh, discussing about. It's actually essential to the integration for the integration of more uh, renewables uh, in the system. And this has been, as I said, a little bit the starting point of the work of the coalition. For far too long, natural gas has been considered the way to ensure energy security, and it has been uh, supported politically and financially accordingly. Um, in the last couple of years, and especially with the invasion of Ukraine, we uh, all have understood that this is not sustainable. It's not sustainable politically and it's not sustainable um, environmentally. So what is the answer? What is the alternative? As Aurelian mentioned before, is to go all in on uh, renewables, is to shift dramatically to something different. In order to be able to do that, we need a technology that helps us do two things. Um, have the flexibility that the, need, the grid needs to integrate more renewables and provide backup power generation. Energy storage technologies, the wide array of energy storage technology allow a different time scale with different uh, uh, mechanisms to do this. This is the reason why the Energy Storage Coalition has been working on this. And uh, uh, just to give you a little bit of a background of what we have done so far, our activities uh, um, officially started in January, but uh, the partners of the coalition started working on uh, this need for energy storage um, already last year in 2022. Energy security needs energy storage was the topic of the first open letter where we addressed it to the European Commission and has become an awareness um, raising campaign that uh, uh, touched on other topics such as the um, importance of energy storage to fulfill the energy targets that European uh, unions are set for 2030 and 2050, and uh, most uh, importantly, uh, the reduction of uh, the energy bills for, for citizens. So um, we will keep working on these topics. As we've seen, there's so many topics and so many files we are actually um, looking into, and all goes back to the same concept. Energy security needs energy storage. 
It's well-rounded. Uh, Anna, is there anything you'd like to add to that before I move on? Well, I think also one of the main things have been concerned about the storage capacity is the cost, the cost associated to the to the to storage energy. So let me talk to you about cost. So we need to mention what is the experience curve theory. Let me allow allow me to do that. So the theory held that every time the accumulated volume of a computer chip double, the company's unit production cost will decline by 20, 30 percent because of the accumulated experience of the manufacturer. That's why it's called experience curve. So and it turned out not only did the experience curve work for the semiconductor industry, so the concept could be applied nearly anywhere. So we can see how, for example, it has been adapted to the production of photovoltaic panels. Since the year 2000, installed solar capacity has increased from 500 megawatt to over 700,000 megawatt today. Every time the installed capacity of solar has doubled, the installation cost has declined by 20%. Solar PV installation costs have dropped from 12 million of less than 1 million per megawatt over the last 20 years. The price of solar energy per kilowatt hour has fallen even faster with 30-40% reduction every time installation have doubled because not only has the build cost come down but the financial has grown steadily cheaper. For wind, the experience could have delivered a 10% cost reduction for every doubling of capacity, and this is slower than solar because the installations are less modular, but still rapid. This modular thing is very important because usually energy storage, at least for electric batteries, are modular. So let's go to electricity batteries. The onset of electricity vehicles have driven down the cost of lithium ion batteries by over 90% in the last 20 years. So the experience curve is running even faster than wind and solar with a 35% cost reduction every time install capacity doubles in cars or grids. If we assume lithium ion batteries grow to serve one third of short-term grid storage and the majority of passenger car needs, the production capacity will need to double another six, seven times over an the experience curve predicted cost reaching less than $50 per kilowatt hour. At this price, point battery electricity cars will become 50% cheaper than the gasoline equivalent cars to buy or run. And the short term storage of electricity will cost just two cents per kilowatt hours. Okay, okay, thank you very much. Uh, well, actually, it's, it's probably a good time to, to thank all my guests for coming on, but before we let you go. I, I always like to finish up with a kind of forward-leaning question. So for all of you, really, what measures are needed to rapidly, kind of inverted commas, future-proof our electricity infrastructure sustainably to reduce grid congestion, but also to scale up renewables more quickly? Um, I think that the answer is actually in your question. We need more flexibility. Uh, and I mentioned already some relatively simple fixes to common issues. I mean, at least from a legislative uh, perspective. Um, and I just mentioned uh, the impact uh, of cost. But we see, for instance, that uh, sometimes the cost of energy storage is raised artificially. For instance, uh, because of double charging, when uh, energy storage is considered by legislation as both uh, consumer and producer of energy, it's, it 
it's, mm -hmm. it does not make sense and it's something that must be addressed in the country uh, where it happens. We need also a clear definition of 24-7 renewable uh, PPA. Uh, I also mentioned the need uh, to lower significantly the carbon cap uh, for capacity uh, remuneration mechanism in order to leave less room for fossil fuels and more room uh, for energy storage. Because again, if you have still some incentive uh, to finance fossil fuel, why uh, would someone make uh, investments in energy storage? Of course they will, but it will be slower. So we need to get fossil fuels out. And we need also, of course, to encourage um, flexibility schemes. I think those four points are essential and they can be addressed right now. I fully agree. We, we already have mentioned the ways provide incentives for investment in energy storage technologies such as tax credit and subsidies. Of course, another way is to promote research and development in energy storage technologies to improve their efficiency and reduce the cost. So, PRIMAS, regulation, regulation and investment. And then just finally for the guys over at ESC, is there anything we didn't get to cover that you'd like to, to speak about? Or is there anything coming up in the next few months, your end, that's particularly exciting you guys? Maybe I can share an invitation with the audience. We have touched uh, upon some technical topics like 24-7 PPAs, double charges, um, capacity remuneration services. We have covered all of this in a, a campaign which is called Breaking Barriers. Um, it's uh, currently available on our website and social media channels. So this is maybe something that uh, uh, whoever is interested can um, have a look and have a peek and uh, learn a little bit uh, uh, more about this. If I may add, Barney, we have from TBI perspective, we have already launched a criteria, standard criteria for grids and storage systems. And also we are in the development of the electricity utility criteria with the all, which all of them are related. So you can go to our web page and see how it goes. Thank you both. Yes, I'll be signposting some some great work from the climate bonds for the guys at ESC. Um, of, of course, before I ever sit down with guests, I'll do a little bit of reading and, and research and, and everything I've seen from you guys was was incredibly interesting and enlightening. And I'll be following you guys with a lot of interest over the next few months. So for all my guests, thank you so much for joining me and, and keep up the good work. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you for having us. Bye bye. Doriana, Aurelian and Anna there with a medley of talking points and thoughts for further research, at least for me anyway. Like the Climate Bonds, it's not uncommon for ESC to have events and roundtables to showcase their work and expand the discussion. With a focus on pathways for a renewable Europe, there's certainly people we'd like to hear more from. And you can too. We'll be giving you more information about where to find them on our social media channels, so check out at Climate Bonds. To get a wider flavour about what we have coming up, head to climatebonds.net. And if you check out our events page, there's more information about our London conference coming up in November, where around 200 organisations of all capacities will be working together to speed up the global transition to net zero. Thanks for joining. See you next time. <laughs>